Hey guys, welcome to You Chat Too Much podcast. This is a podcast where two international teachers, Joe and Madge, discuss various topics with the help of interesting and amazing guests each week. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome to You Chat Too Much. This is our episode nine, and today we're going to do a little bit of a review on all of our previous eight episodes as we come to the end of this block in season two. Um, I'm already really, really excited for season three, which will fast approach as we go and enter into January 2022. So, first of all, as always, Madge, how are you and how's your week been? Yeah, all good, thanks, mate. Um, week's been week's been all right. Been a, it's been that wind-down week now. And last week we were talking about how it gets hard, but then the last week of school is pretty fun. Uh, still been busy, though. Um, really looking looking forward to the holiday. Um, yeah, just even though I'm not a beach person, I've got like a, a five, six days planned at the beach. Um, so looking forward to that and past two weeks has been a lot of eating a lot of social like work social events and that's not pretty good that's not good for when you're trying to eat healthy but it is what it is man you've got to enjoy it while you can how about you yeah Christmas Christmas is all about eating for me I think um, and I think the the winter season despite the fact we live in a country where uh it never goes below about 28 30 degrees it feels like um you know i'm i'm really looking forward to uh to our christmas um we're back we're back in the states for christmas which i'm super excited about but also a little bit anxious for getting back into malaysia because of this omicron strain which is bizarre to think that we've gone through so many waves of uh COVID, different strains, lockdowns, no lockdowns, open back up, back to normality. And then just having that slight little thing in the background potentially suggesting that we might have to two-week quarantine or we might not be allowed back in the country is just absolutely crazy to think. But um, fingers crossed, I mean, I know once I'm, once I'm in America, it will go to very much the tiniest little corner of my brain and then I will start to think about it, you know, the few days before we start to fly and fly back. Um, but yeah, no, super stoked to, to be going off to the States and uh, very excited for So, shall we start with our first episode match? Take us back to our first episode and um, basically this, this episode we're going to talk about some of the things that stuck out, some of the things that we really liked about the episode. So do you want to start us off, Madge, with our first one? Yeah, so our first episode was about positivity and we had Grace on it. Um, and I think what stood out was I had a couple of people message me um, straight after because I was kind of saying, oh, maybe I'm not naturally positive or uh, it might just come across a little bit negative with my body language or the way I talk and my tone and stuff. But I thought um, I had a couple of people message me and say that, you know what, you're you're actually a positive person in my life and that you're a positive influence, which is nice to hear as well. Um, 
mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't necessarily agree with some of the things that I said in terms of what I was thinking about myself. But that was that was nice to hear, and I kind of remember again referencing high performance podcast when Sean Dyche was on there, and he talks about how he he is conscious about his voice because his voice is like very monotone like mine, um, yeah. and he's quite husky as well his voice. So like he he says that he knows that. So what he does is he really focuses on trying to uh, put in more positive language in his actual words. Uh, to get his point across and trying to be more positive, which I thought was very interesting as well. Um, how about you? What did you get out of that episode? Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's interesting because we spoke about this before and afterwards, you know, and I think we put a lot of emphasis on somebody who's positive being this like uber bubbly, you know, their tone and pitch of how their voice is and, you know, walking into the room and basically, you know, rainbows shining out of everything, every orifice as it were, you know, but it's not that. And it and sometimes it can just be the, the little things that make what I've kind of written down here was like the little things make huge impact. So just like smiling at people, saying hi to people, you know, some people think, oh, you know, you're always such like a positive person. You're always so smiley. Like sometimes that's a bit of a, an act. But I think when you walk past somebody and somebody says, hi, how are you? Or just smiles at you in the corridor, whatever industry you're in, that just that can sometimes really just make your day. And especially if you're having a bit of a rubbish day, to have somebody show some sort of smile or affection or whatever towards you um, does go a really long way. So, you know, it doesn't doesn't always take the really big things to be a positive person. I think, you know, for me, I can have those days when I have a moan and have a kind of feel quite low. But I think when I'm in situations and, you know, any trying to resolve things or any type of conflict, I, I just make an effort to kind of have that positive spin on it. Think about the worst case scenario and then think, okay, how can we just resolve this easily? rather than just dwelling on it. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, and, and Grace does this really well as well. Like, you know, just walks around with a smile on her face. It's hard to be to be in a mood when somebody smiles back at you. Yeah. And that I think that's a really powerful thing. And, and you, you acknowledge that you've probably been more aware of that when you're around school or, or even how you say things. And, and just being aware of it is, is awesome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Our next episode, we looked at um, setting goals and we talked about goals with Claire, who's very much goal-oriented. And she still believed by the end of the episode that goals was for her. As long as long as there was a goal, it, it makes her happy. And we were talking more about the process. We were quite heavily focused on the process, actually. Um, but one of the things I've read since then um, is is a book called Atomic Habits, which was actually recommended by Grace. And it talks about initially at the start about goals and processes. And there's a quote from him saying that if you want better results, then forget about setting goals. Focus on your system instead. Goals are good for setting a direction, but systems that are best for making progress. A handful of problems arise when you spend too much time thinking about your goals and not enough time designing your systems. So that was actually a quote from James Clear. And one of the things that he said in the book was uh, goals just look after themselves. 
It's about mm-hmm. what you do day to day versus you will always achieve your goal as long as you get your day to day stuff sorted. And I and I do I still believe even though I had we had that chat with Claire and I know some people who are like that as well. I still think working on the day to day stuff is what makes you happy. And mm-hmm. if you start thinking about goals two months time, you're not really in in the present. So I'm still, even though we had that chat, I still very much believe that. Are some are some of those, you know, day to day things? Are they just like, you know, you kind of getting out of bed at at six a.m. or getting out of bed, setting your alarm, and being out of bed within the next ten fifteen minutes, making your bed and and getting your coffee on and those types of things. Which, if you do all of those things, the rest of the day falls in place. Is that kind of what what was talked about within the book? Yeah, uh, the book actually there's a there's a, a topic at the end talking about. Um, I can't, I can't well, the gist of the book, anyway, is something related to what I heard or read somewhere else, which is what I practice in my life. But then it got uh, basically said again in the book, but in a very different way. But the the concept is the same. Was um, I don't know where I heard it, but basically it was like try to make your life. Sorry, try to make design your life in a way where you don't have to make that many choices. Or make all mm-hmm. the choices pre because a lot of time yeah. is spent on willpower. It takes a lot of time to use your willpower and motivation, and you only make a certain amount of good decisions per day. So mm-hmm. little things like you're saying that a routine that's fixed mm-hmm. that you that you don't make decisions, you just do an automatic. For example, I meal prep at the minute. I meal yeah. prep for the week I, on a, on a on a Friday night or a Friday. I'll I'll set my meals. I'll go on Saturday to buy it my plan is done from Sunday till Saturday and I know exactly what I'm going to have. So that like, I don't need mm-hmm. to think about that in terms of my training, my training programs done. I just turn up to the gym and do it in terms of my lessons. Very similar. Like it's all planned beforehand. So it's like when I need to make a decision, I'll make a better decision because I can use that willpower and motivation for when I need it. Yeah. And that's what basically the book kind of comes to towards the end anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I really respect that. And I think, um, you know, I think setting goals is often linked massively to sport, isn't it? And and that's how Claire uses them majority of the time. Um, and I think the the idea of like self improvement and positive habits and all of those that definitely there was a lot of reflection during various lockdowns, wasn't there, across the world? You know, self improvement was huge. But yeah, I, I I like I like the idea and that concept of just giving yourself less worries during the day by just setting yourself up to to succeed you know with laying your clothes out the night before you know making your food so actually when you get in to work you're not starving because we know that if you're starving you're not going to be productive then mm. you have to leave to go get coffee blah blah, blah. so yeah. third episode third episode was about alcohol and uh and this was maybe one where Madge couldn't kind of input as much. But what was really nice is you kind of added that element, that other side of reflection. Um, what, were, what were your thoughts on that, Madge? Because actually what you've kind of written on some of our notes, I kind of totally agree with, but also have another side to it as well. Yeah, I mean, it was just upon reflection, really, when I, when I heard the episode later, I think, one of the main positives that Kian kept saying was that it's really it's a really good way to get people together, like to, to get them socialising and stuff. And that's one of the main benefits of alcohol. 
And then I was kind of thinking, well, after I thought about this, I thought alcohol only appeals to a certain amount of people or a certain type of people, which I agree, yeah, it does bring people together. But then it's what's the type of conversation that's happening there? What type of socializing happening? What type of relationship are you building, right? Where I thought actually food is probably the best thing that brings people together because then you can bring people together from different religion backgrounds and it, and it's appropriate for everyone. Um, and um, even even during food, like people could drink, but it's not that sort of drinking where it's like a night out sort of drinking, like a pub or something like that. But also, I think a lot of cultures are built around food as well. Like I can't think mm-hmm. of many cultures that, that don't have a, a food element that's focused on bringing the family together and friends and a yeah. social element to it. Everyone does it slightly different, but I thought that was actually a better way uh, of bringing people together. And I thought the benefit was... Yeah, maybe you could kind of knock that on the head now when you when you think of it like that. Yeah, I, th- I think what I liked about what you said was there definitely are better ways to bring people together. And I think upon, you know, thinking more and reflecting about after our seventh episode with Az about cultural integration as well and um, trying to kind of, you know, figure out culture linked with social and how obviously a lot of the time you're the social thing is linked and and surrounded by alcohol you realize that actually i bet there's loads of people where alcohol is the kind of thing that you cannot do however everything is centered around it um so i do agree with that i mean for me i just also i'm on the flip side to it where i also really enjoy that kind of uh how alcohol can be a bit of an icebreaker to conversation and to social situations and whether that's like an element of social anxiety or not but you know you could have one or two drinks and it just kind of take the edge off any type of fear in a big in a big social situation or being a little bit more open to kind of talk with your friends about different things or maybe even not friends but future friends um could kind of help with that. I spoke to a couple of people as well after um, who listened to the podcast and they were saying that they kind of agreed with the fact that the mental state of a person has a massive impact on how alcohol has an impact on them. And yeah. they're saying that if people worked on their mental health, maybe there weren't so many problems with drinking alcohol, uh, the bad side to it. But also someone mentioned as well, like how it just became a habit of drinking at the end of a week on a Friday and it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. to get drunk or it wasn't it was just like a little bit more drink on a Friday night just to kind of wind down for the week and start your weekend in that sort of way and it just became a habit uh, I think from culture from back home from being younger and then they kind of brought that habit or they've taken that habit on uh, which was interesting yeah. number four influential people this one I think meant a lot to you Madge um do you want to talk about influential people yeah this one meant a lot to me because i kind of wanted to give that shout out to those people but none of them listened to the podcast anyway but it wasn't it wasn't (laughs) more to do with that but it was it was kind of just making i i i already had this i've already thought about this and reflected upon like how these people have come in my life and where i've ended up but it was more to do with just like people who listen to kind of have a reflection on their life and seeing where those influential people came in and again, upon reflection, I, I I don't know why I didn't think of this, and I don't know if it is such a big thing, but all the influential people, apart from my mum and my uncle, were white people, the ones who did the volunteering work. 
And mm-hmm. I think when looking back at that, is that a big thing? Is that not a big thing? Or is that just coincidence? But I think for me, like when I said I struggled around that age with racism as well, I thought that kind of gave me the hope of like being accepted into society, being accepted to being British. And those people looked past my race and accepted me in, in the community that I was in. Um, and, I, and I thought that was massive. And, and I also think it kind of gives me, it gave me like what life looks like outside of my community and what you could potentially have if you work hard and you go down a certain route and live in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I also just think it gave me a different perspective, seeing how people live and how people are and stuff like that. And it kind of then makes me reflect on why didn't I have other brown people who were influential that time? Because they probably aren't anyone. And I think Lane is a good example of someone who's mixed race and is now in that influential role that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely something that I kind of, there's a gap in my life right now. Um, it's a little bit different when you're living abroad, but it's something that I'm definitely going to do when I go back is give back to the community somehow. Um, mm-hmm. I don't don't know exactly what my role will be, but there will definitely be a role. And it's just kind of like how you're a teacher, you influence yep. your students in a certain way. I just kind of think that um, with us being from an ethnic background, we can have a really big impact on being a role model and influential to those people as well around us. So uh, I thought it was quite kind of interesting. Do do you think do you think them being white or them being mixed race, you know, um, similar sort of Pakistani background to you or anything? Do you think that would have made a bigger difference or a bigger influence, or do you think it would have taken away from any type of influence? Um, no, I don't, I don't. For me, I don't think so. I don't think it would have had any difference if they were brown. But I think for some people. It does because it just shows that someone who is looks like them, sounds like them, had a similar background to them, has actually succeeded in whatever you class as success, succeed, succeeding. Sorry. Yeah. So I think for some people it would, but for me, I don't. I don't think it. Like at the time, even now, like that's why I didn't even think about it. It doesn't. It, I never really thought or looked at. It. That's why I said I don't know if it is a factor, but it's interesting yeah. as well at the same time. You know, like how they were all white. Um, but I know for some people it is like that. Like the t- it's quite common, you know, in, in uh, especially in the area that we're in. Like the people who are quite successful, they end up leaving because they can't really mm-hmm. find themselves in that community anymore. Can't be quite compatible, so mm-hmm. they end up leaving. Even like me, as an example, I left. So I think it, it does have an impact to some people, um, but to me, I don't think it made a difference. Because just going back to the point you made about with them being white there was like a uh there was a an understanding or realization that maybe um people of different nationalities different cultures different color were were still accepting of you as a young lad and i wonder then whether if you didn't have that experience whether then you would have taken anything into your adolescence or adult life where you thought where you still thought actually am i accepted in society by white people because that's the other side of it as well isn't it that if you grow up with um people of color or or just your culture around you all the time that would you actually grow up sheltered and then be exposed to maybe you know uh, different negative situations of people of the opposite color or different color 
that then cause you to go, I, I've always known you haven't accepted me because you haven't had that positive influence. Yeah. You know, have you ever heard the story about Little Wayne? No, go on. I said that. I also said that really, really middle class, didn't I? Little Wayne. Little, little Wayne. <laughs> Slightly but smaller than big. He 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 came um he came under fire by the media, um because he he kind of came out when obviously there was tons and tons of police violence against young black males in America. He right. kind of came out and was like, oh, there's not a racism problem. Police aren't. And it was down to a, a an experience that he had, a personal experience that he had with a white cop where, you know, five or six other cops ran over his body where he had basically been shot in a, in a, a situation at his home. And this one cop said, hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? Get this kid, pick him up, get him to the hospital and saved his life. You know, and, and they're still in communication now. And it is just down... You know, for his perception, no right or wrong here, but his perception is changed because of those influential people in in their lives. Yeah. And then then there's that whole other social construct, isn't there? Of like, if there is more mixed and diversity, will you grow up to actually see the divide as much or not? Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is something that you you will mention in one of the other. Uh, episodes but i'll leave it for that and um, our fifth episode was about local life what were your thoughts on that yeah I, th- I thought it was interesting um you know i thought it was a, a tough episode to kind of talk about really for ethan and i think he did a really good job um but i think it's i think it might have even been like a quite a true representation of what it's like being in the expat bubble that you do feel a little bit pressured from all angles. And and I think more and more, we are in a situation where we have local staff in an expat world that we need to be aware of and need to be aware of the cultural differences, dynamics um, and things going on. I think we do a good job of trying to manage that, but there's also a lot of things which are out of our control. But an interesting one, and I think there's, probably loads more to be said on it, whether we can say it now or not <laughs> or yeah. maybe if we record this in a different country maybe what yeah i thought thoughts? i thought um like you said ethan i knew beforehand he was a little bit nervous and I, then i then when i when i re- initially recorded it i don't know if he I, f- I felt like he was being a little bit reserved about it and then when i listened to the episode again um, actually, it was a lot better than I thought it was. He he did speak quite well, and what I was thinking is because because I have these conversations regularly with Pearl, I thought that if we had Pearl on the episode, she would have, got, I think, been a bit more brutal, and more straight to the point. But actually, she listened to it and she said that he was he was good. Like he he came across really well, um, and I think just upon like when we were talking about that like, language, and you were there the other day, witnessed it where. I kind of still trying to learn the language each week. So I had a situation the other day when I was um, going to play tennis and security just, he didn't know any English and he's speaking to me in Malay and I kind of understood some of the words, but didn't know how to say a certain phrase. And I came home and I was like, Pearl, how do I say that? And then I ended up using it next week. And then even like our security guards here where we live, 
sound like I'm living in the ghetto, but people don't understand that we have security guards everywhere in Malaysia, in each in each resident, and they they don't speak any English at, at all, and they like ring you when you got a food delivery, and uh, yeah, I ended up using some of the Malay that Pearl taught me the day before. Um, although like Pearl says, you don't you don't you don't say like that. You don't usually say like that. But I was I was chuffed a bit uh, doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, the sixth episode was uh, growing up mixed race with with Lane. What were your thoughts about that? <coughs> um, out out and out. I think one of my favourites. Um, you know, up there with our episode eight. I just uh I just thought I just could have listened to him all all day to be honest. Um I thought he the way he spoke, the way he kind of gave examples and I want this to come across in, in right here but it made it like understandable for me because obviously I I I'm never going to be able to relate in those situations where he's talking about race. But he gave just so many good examples where I was able to just at least try to understand some of the things that he was talking about. And I, and I, and I just genuinely thought he was like a really inspiring guy. Um, you know, would, would, would love to kind of be like, kind of call him a friend of mine as it were. And, and I'm sure there's tons of people out there where he lives and stuff, which are kind of, well, hope they have that same kind of, that same kind of thing about him. And I bet he's such a an inspiration to the young lads that he coaches, um, and like his kids and stuff. And yeah, I just I just genuinely thought it was a really good episode. And for me, again, it was just a massive learning episode. What about you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've known Lane for a long, long time. And one thing about Lane is that he's very um, uh, what do you call it? He'll speak his mind, um, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> I know that he he will call people out when when they need to be called out, and that makes people feel uncomfortable sometimes um, when they get called out. and And I think what I like about him is that, obviously, since I've known him as a kid, we were both quite immature, but we matured in very different ways. But what I like about him is how like how clear he is in his head about the direction he wants to take, especially with his kids and and in the future, and about how he has a role to play. There was one thing that he actually, he sent me uh, messages after and saying he had loads of things to say and he's kind of forgotten them. But there was one that was crazy, like I told you the next day. And I wish I listened to his voice now because I want to say it exactly right. But he was saying to me, we should have asked a question. And there was a point where I was going to ask. I mentioned something about uh, how black people and brown people have very similar struggles, but they're very different as well because there's different histories mm-hmm. attached to it. And what I meant by that was that black people have slavery attached to their history and there's a lot of hurt from years and years of abuse where brown people don't really have that they just have what they suffered in the uk when they first came mm-hmm. and he said that he said that his dad he was he was saying the point that people tend to think that slavery is not such a has such a big influence in the race nowadays um, because it's happened generations generations ago but he was saying that his dad's either grandma or his mum, I think his grandma, who lived in Jamaica, was actually a slave. And that's so close. That is so close in terms of yeah. generations. And how can that not have an impact mm-hmm. on like his dad, for example? And then how can that not have an impact the way he brings Lane up? Um, so mm-hmm. 
I did say to him he can mention it in another episode, but maybe we put, when he does come on, he might not, he might forget, or might, we might not talk about it anymore. So I thought I'd mention it anyway. Um, episode seven, traveling. What are you thinking? I just thought I thought it was a. I actually thought it was a, a bit of a mix because we touched on some really important topics and and a lot more of a a lot more kind of deeper topics, you know, talking about local life, race, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about influential people and then I, I knew our next one was a big one as well. So the traveling one was nice where it just gave us an opportunity to talk about just all of the positive things surrounding traveling. Because I think we're, we, you know, all three of us, you know, including your friend Dan and that, we were all very much um, firm believers in traveling being a really important thing. So it was just like a back and forth of like talking about the positives of it. And obviously, you know, there are some negatives when we were talking about backpacking and some of the different types of traveling, but just the basic sense of not staying in one place for the rest of your life and moving around and experiencing things. Yeah. I think we were all on the kind of similar page there. Yeah. What do you think? I thought um, I had, again, a couple of conversations after this episode about traveling and kind of explaining what the podcast was about. And it, it makes you realize how many people haven't actually backpacked. And I think there is something, like I said in the episode, there's something magical about backpacking, restricting yourself. And then also like with how you budget your money and even though you're a bit comfortable nowadays, but there's something about it with the way you travel then. Uh, because you have to budget and the way you have to limit yourself, you have to kind of think more of a local or you've got to try to uh, engulf in the culture a little bit more. So I think there's definitely a side to it. But I also said like some of the things that I kind of don't miss about traveling, backpacking was like the travel and the fact that you can get to places and more flexibility with hiring a car. I still stand by those. I think um, it would have been it would have been good. We would have taken you out of it. Would be like share some of the stories that we that we had about traveling, like specifics. Because uh, yeah, I was I just not really. I've not seen Dan for a long time actually because of COVID. But it's just reminiscing. Uh, the other day, actually, yeah. last week, last week I messaged him, and uh, I was talking about we were talking about iPods, right? And obviously, with limited amount of space on your iPods, we, I listened to back to back albums of so many. <laughs> <laughs> Some shocking ones that I regret to this day, but uh, one of the new uh, albums at the time was that Jay-Z Blueprint. I can't remember which number it was. Uh, Blueprint yeah. 2. That was before Black Album, that one. No, Blueprint. no, no. no the, after that, there was a Blueprint, like two or three. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and it's the one that had the New York song on it with Rihanna. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Alicia Keys as well. Yeah. New and, York. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was it Alicia Keys? It was Alicia Keys, not Rihanna. Alicia Keys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a song came on because Jay-Z's been off Spotify for a long time, right? He's just come back on. And just randomly on my on my mix, that there was a song that came on, Forever Young by oh, Jay-Z. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, it was, that was the song. That was my traveling song. Like, that was the song that I love listening to, like, lyrically-wise and song-wise. And also, it was, it was the album that I listened to the most. I messaged him straight away, and I was like, if there's one song that reminds you of traveling, what would it be? And I thought he would have chosen something else, but he chose the exact same one. And um, he was like, I'm playing it now while I'm bathing my kids. And I was like cooking at the same time. And we both had it on at the same time. And it was just just reminiscing, you know. Um, definitely, you know, it's uh, 
there's some good stories there. Music's an interesting one because I quite often do that, especially if you kind of shuffle your your songs. Song comes on, you know, and there's a there's a lad, uh, one of our best mates out in who lives in Dubai, actually, Darren. We would always listen to the weekend, and there's certain songs on that on that album, um, one of the weekends albums where it just instantly the song comes on. I'm like, I can picture myself with that person you know in that spot you know at our last apartment you know and it is it's amazing like that and um uh yeah i think with the traveling thing it was it you know i think it was just a really nice one to talk about it what i was gonna say was did you ever as a kid watch hollyoaks yeah when i was at uni can you remember can you remember when they they did like a hollyoaks after hours and it oh, was yeah. like after after 10 o'clock yeah. i feel like it, we would have to do a podcast on traveling which was hollyoaks and then a podcast on traveling after hours which you know would be more of a restricted listen because there's definitely hilarious but uh not for public stories that happen on traveling isn't it so yeah you made some yeah definitely add on yeah, like just exactly. about that music thing as well like you and me we do it to each other like when we listen to an old song we're like what does this song remind you of and then you we all yeah. got like a specific memory and like yeah this reminds me of having my first car and making my dodgy cd and then you'll say yeah just yeah, so i remember yeah, yeah. that so yeah very interesting um our eighth and last episode was about managing cultural expectations i think this one i want you to share it because we this kind of carried on for the next two or three days between you and me um there was a question that as asked you that kind of made you think a little bit more deeply about mm -hmm. you want to kind of share what that was and why that was yeah so so kind of as as asked me you know he was kind of talking about managing cultural expectations and it you know you and and as we're going back and forth match about what you used to do and how you used to manage those cultural expectations and as his example is like you know um, from a workplace situation and we mentioned it earlier but you know at the end of the week going out for drinks and he would talk about how he would manage that and then he kind of said oh I'm interested to see what Joe says Joe how do you manage cultural expectations and and obviously he didn't mean it as like a kind of interrogation he was kind of interested but he was also expecting me to not really have much of an answer and I think I think what I loved about these podcasts and why we always started them was it did open a conversation. So I then was like the next day, I was like, Madge, what, what do I do to manage cultural expectations? And then I was thinking about it and then I gave you the example of, you know, with like as a staff, you know, as head of department or whatever, when we organize department things, because we've got a mix of culture within our department, there's no point saying, oh, I'll meet you at the bar and we'll have five pints to celebrate the week. We do things like, oh, guys, you know, we might ask our some of our local stuff, can you recommend somewhere to go for eat and let us know where and we'll come along, you know? So you kind of like, that's you saying, I want to, to share an experience with you, somebody of a different culture and also something where you're in charge of it so you don't feel like you're having to just meet my culture but then it, it did also then spark more conversation with me and you didn't it of like 
for me to understand cultural expectations I need to know about them and I feel like in a sense as and you weren't necessarily willing to share those cultural expectations because you felt like people would laugh at you or would people go oh I can't believe that just do it anyway which I totally understand that kind of social pressure as well but then I felt I felt I suppose in a sense I then felt a little bit personally hurt that like no I wouldn't do that much but obviously you know you never know do you but like I I would hope that if somebody said to me um, if I was trying to organize drinks and they said Joe we really want to come to drinks every Friday but actually I can't ever come at four o'clock because of this whether it's the alcohol or whether it's the fact you need to go home to see family or whatever else I hope I would then think, okay, actually, let's do Friday lunch. You know, like we would do sometimes on a Friday, on a Monday, we would go for lunch and that became like our thing that would pop and have lunch. So, yeah, I suppose that's, that's something that I took away from it. I loved, I loved listening to Az as well. And I thought he shared a lot of really interesting comments. And what was nice was you thought he was going to be really quiet and shy and reserved, but he, he was the exact opposite. And we yeah. could have filmed, we could have recorded for what, two and a bit hours? Yeah. So yeah, I it mean, was really good. I, I messaged us because I was like, bloody hell, you've, you've thrown Joe off. Um, he's he's uh, proper thinking about it. And But my the thing that I said to you was, how are you supposed to manage cultural expectations if you don't have any cultures to manage? And it was like, I joked about it on air and you kind of, kind of admitted to it after. Was that like, I'm your first and only brown friend i think so you've never really had to be in that situation where you've had to manage culture um, and I, that's exactly how i think about it as well and when when you say your point about um about whether we would be open in telling people i think um we would we were we would have said that younger but the thing is, is it's just you just know the sort of responses that come. So one or two times you might have said it and the response would have been like this. Or you might have just known the people and know that a similar thing has been said before. Some of the things they say behind other people's back and how they respond. And I think it's just a maturity level. I think at that age, mm-hmm. people are not really mature enough and unaware and then see everything else a bit weird and foreign. And they're influenced by what happens at home and in, in the environment and stuff. But I think a good example, like even now, like me and I still have to manage cultural expectations. Um, and especially like, it's mainly, for me, it's mainly to do with my mum and my dad. I'll give you a very good example, actually. Um, when me and Pearl got married in the UK, I had to message all my female friends because um, uh, it was segregated and that was very different to the outside culture. Um, so I had to explain to them that, look, this is how religiously and culturally we have to have it segregated. Um, I won't be able to come to the women's section apart from at the end when we take photos. But I've got my sister there, I've got my auntie there, they look after you sort of thing. And then I also said that I won't also be able to hug you, uh, which is a bit weird, right? But I just said, look, I'm not bothered about it, but my mum will proper kick off if I did it. And that's what I mean about managing cultural expectations because that would like kind of bring shame uh, to my family or even my mum would be quite embarrassed. So even though I'm not bothered about it now, like it's just more to do with like choosing the battles that you want to you face. Like how, how big of a thing is it? 
you know, uh, is it worth is it worth the fight? Like, there's loads of things that I challenge my mum on the way the way she thinks, and also like kind of she has to accept that I'm different and she's different, um, and I kind of educate her on that. But you just kind of got to kind of choose your battles quite wisely because some people are quite stubborn and quite reserved and want to stay that way. So me, me and Nazi mm. still have to manage, and especially like when I go back home, I have to manage. I don't have to manage it when I'm out here, um, but when I'm when I'm back home physically at home, then yeah, it has to be slightly different. But I, what I am more open to is explaining it to people. I always explain it to people. So if I invite people around to my house from who are maybe not from the same culture or know what happens, I kind of explain things to them and maybe explain things after to them. But I think that's down to me being more confident, but also like my friends are a bit more mature that they would understand as well, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, I totally agree. And I, and I, I'd hope as well that you surrounded yourself, and and I was one of them that of those people that were willing to to listen and learn about it, because that that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Just your willingness to be open to something which is different. Mm-hmm. If you if you disregard it, then that's just like that ignorance of like, well, that that isn't what I believe. So then, what you're saying is wrong. It's not wrong. It's just different, and you 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 just have to be accepting of it. Um, but yeah, no, it made me think, and that and that's what it's all about, isn't it? It made you think about it. I probably had a probably had a couple of days where I was like throwing different ideas at you, wasn't I? Just like, <laughs> is this is this another example? You were just is popping, this you were just popping out of random corners, man. I'm about to start a lesson. You're like, Nigel, what about this? And I was like, oh, I thought you'd come here to talk about school and stuff. And you're <laughs> still on about that podcast. Yeah. But it just makes you think. I think that's a good good part of it. Yeah, it definitely. And that's a good way to good way to to uh, end our review, nearly. Shall we start our quick fire round? We've kind of mixed it up a little bit today, where I've got three yeah. questions for you, and you've got three questions for me, and we don't know the questions. Uh, yeah. And seeing as I come up with the idea, I'm gonna ask the question first. <laughs> All right. Uh, my first question to you, Joe: What advice would you give to your younger self? <laughs> starting a big one you no but it's funny because you want to hear what my first question is as well is it same pretty much um what advice would i give to my younger self um you know i think i think my younger self and i still do it now but better at it is uh i put a lot of pressure on myself like socially as well um put a lot of pressure on like how i'm perceived and you know my confidence and I always admire people that are just, they just don't care what other people think. And I think if I kind of knew that through school, that actually those are the people that develop and grow even more and then naturally have more friends or better, better friends, not even just more, but better friends. I think I, I think I've begun to understand that as I went, was a little bit older in school than when I went to university and now I'm kind of teaching and hanging out with different people abroad as well, as well. So I think, yeah, developing that kind of confidence in school to just just to be you and uh, and not kind of worry too much about other people and what other people think. That's a big one for me. Cool. You want to ask your question? What's one thing you wish when you knew? One thing you wish you knew whilst at school. Um, I think, oh, that one is slightly different. 
slightly yeah. but it's funny how we went back to being kids isn't it yeah yeah because i thought if it was similar to what i asked you then it was a bit different answer but i think one thing i would have liked to have known uh was is like sometimes you have to do the boring things like so example was i used to get quite bored when i used to play my sport i used to play three four sports but i'd get bored of it pretty quick and then i move on to the next one where now and it's mainly from from the high performance podcast, but also like some of the books that I've read as well, um, where it's just doing the what they what they call do the world class basics, and and to be honest, like even we know as PE teachers, like we have to keep our lessons interesting. But for a student to excel at something, you're just gonna have to keep practicing it, practicing it, practicing it. And I yeah. think, and I think I wish I would have like done the fundamentals, loads and loads and loads of times, and that could have been in any discipline, to be honest. But that's just something I've learned when I were older that I wish mm-hmm. someone kind of told me when I was younger, like having that, a coach, I never really had a coach, but someone who, who would have kind of told me and directed me. I think, um, yeah, if someone told me that younger, that would have made a massive difference. All right. Uh, question two, what's something that you do not like doing? Something that I don't like doing. That's a lot of things I don't like doing. <laughs> But what's something I don't like doing? I don't like... I definitely don't like cleaning the bathroom, but then I I now don't do that very much. I'm trying to think of something which is a little bit more, a little bit more deep than just like a kind of cleaning the toilet. But to be honest, if it was me, it'd be cleaning as well. Just yeah, cleaning. but I enjoy cleaning. Yeah, I enjoy OCD, cleaning, yeah. but there's certain things I don't enjoy cleaning, mm. which is like the bathroom. I'm going to stick with it. I don't yeah, enjoy yeah. cleaning the bathrooms, and that's the probably the one area of cleaning that I really dislike. All right, I've got a follow-up question. everything else is good. Because you, you, you live in a mansion and you've got cleaners there 24 <laughs> hours. Now you don't clean the bathrooms. What's the next thing that you don't like doing? Because that's not appropriate <clears throat> now. Changing the bed. Oh. But you have cleaners to do that. Why is everything around cleaners? Then next thing. Research. Really? And I'll put put some context into this uh, because my partner will agree with this. I'm not really that great at, at kind of finding the 10 different options for something. And I know you are, yeah. right? So say for example, when we bought these microphones, I would have bought probably the number one on the list. So as mm-hmm. as in, I would have bought the most expensive one because it's yeah. most expensive and it's like, oh, it comes with the best reviews. Doesn't necessarily mean it's the best one. It's just obviously the one that's paid the most for the ads and, and anyway, I get it, right? Mm-hmm. Or I would have chosen the highest one on the review sheet just like oh that one's got the highest reviews oh it comes in a week and i would have bought it now there's that's impulsive which sometimes can be really good and and just cuts out all of the rubbish but i know that you love similar to my partner researching around 20 other different sites and just cross-checking and seeing okay well i've chosen this microphone but i'm also just going to check it the price across three different websites and it's not because you're tight you just want like the best option 
out it's of the best, all of it. What you, you want, know? the value in it. It's the value of like best the price. Value, and yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that's what you want. Yeah. And you would probably do the same with flights or hotels. Yeah, or definitely. Whereas I will just be like, oh, it's the first one on the list. I'll buy it. You know? That's definitely got something to do with being tight when I was younger though. Still to this day. I don't like wasting yeah. as well. That's the thing. I hate waste anything. So it's like, yeah, if yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it, I want to make sure I use it, make sure, yeah, the money's worth it and all that sort of thing. Okay. Second right. question. All right, go on. Um, give me one thing that you are disappointed or regret, but I, I feel like you won't have regrets necessarily, but one thing that you are disappointed you didn't do prior to today. Um, it's, there's one thing that I still need to do um and it and it and it it sits uh, it, sorry it gets to me and it was not necessarily in my control but it also was in my control was to fight so a tie boxing um and you know this that i've i basically like i've been doing it for a long time and i was i was at a stage where i could have taken it seriously but the thing is obviously like it's not it's not something that you can build a career upon. You kind of need a, a job, main job, and kind of do that on the side. But I also knew that I wanted to travel. I also knew that I wanted to teach, so I had to make a sacrifice. And one of the things I really wanted to do was kind of have a bit of a fighting career or um, represent my gym a little bit more. Um, and that's kind of giving back to the gym and what they've given me. Um, but then recently I kind of... When I, it was when I went to Egypt, I was like, kind of like, what the hell am I doing I'm at that age now when I'm getting a little bit older? But there was nothing in Egypt. And then I came back to Malaysia mainly for that reason, but also other, like playing other sports. And I then started training for a fight. And then after three weeks, COVID hit and everything got closed down and it's been closed since. And uh, I'm getting older and older as we speak. So it's not really, <laughs> I think, I think maybe it wasn't destined or maybe it was supposed to happen, but there have also been instances where I did train for a fight and did the full fight camp. And then on the day, my fighter didn't turn up. So it's like little things like that, where I don't know if it was meant to be or not, but uh, I'm going to see, I, I'm still going to pursue it. I think it's not going to be as a good, that quality that I was before. And that kind of annoys me, but it's also where I'm at. It's kind of like, if I get that, do that and tick it off, then at least it's not a summer that I have a regret of later on, I think. Yep. Good right. answer. My third question. Final, final where, questions. Where is your happy place? Where's my happy place? You know, I think I think my happy place is is just with the people that I'm happiest with. Mm. And the reason why I say that in the in the sense of like, because I, 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 and I. I would probably think you are the same as well and, and maybe we're all quite similar is we don't have that much attachment to one place because we're always moving around. But I think when you've got a good friendship group, special loved ones, family around you, that then instantly becomes your happy place for that time period. And I think probably prior to being in relationships and things like that or when I was younger, you kind of, when you travel, you kind of think, oh, I'd love to have, you know, like a better half to kind of be here with, you know, I'd love to have a partner where I'm like on this bus with, despite the fact I'm bumping around on this bus for seven hours, what an experience I'd love to share it with somebody. 
So I think there's many been many a time where like, you know, we've been skiing and I'm like skiing down this mountain and I and I look back and see like friends or loved ones and I'm going, This is this is cool. Like, do you know what I mean? And right then that's my happy place. Um but I think it just has to include people because I wouldn't be happy if I just was in a you know on a five star ski resort by myself. That's not that can't be a happy place, can it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that I think that with with loved ones, with family and loved ones, that that's my happy place wherever that is. Cool. All right, your final last question, question Madge. This is less deep, but I think I think you're going to enjoy this one. I want you to give us the audience, the viewers, to finish season two of You Chat Too Much. Two of your favourite meals. Oh, meals. Two of your favourite meals. Like if you were only able to eat two meals. I I, I think meals would be too difficult. I, I can definitely like cut it down to cuisine. Because one, I would say no, no one. No. No, no, because because no. one is not necessarily a meal. I'll tell you why. So I would say my number one would be Lebanese. And you know why no. Lebanese is not necessarily a meal. Because it's all bits and butts. Yeah, however, don't destroy the question. This is a quick fire round. We also, know that we I also would... eat more than one meal, so how's that like? <laughs> <laughs> um, We want two meals, specifically two meals. All right, it all depends on mood, but I would say... Man. you're about match you're basically i'm going to put you under pressure here you're about to get the electric chair and they've said you can have two meals what would those two meals be yeah i not um <laughs> i would say For all of your one comments of them, this time I, I would one of them would be pizza um okay but that'd be number two i think cheesy crust cheesy crust yeah cheesy crust, cheesy probably, crust. probably like a Beef pepperoni, tomato sauce. Beef based. pepperoni, love che- that. Cheesy crust. Yeah, cheesy crust. Yeah, as many calories as you can in a slice. That's my sort of thing. Good. And oh man, I don't. I think number one, I don't. It would have to be Lebanese, but I think uh, what are they call now the the like the oh, shawarmas. No, 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 not shawarmas. Cheese turuk. No, the other one, the lamb. It was like uh, lamb koftas. Not the koftas, the sheesh, lamb, long one, lamb kebabs, but there's a proper name from Lebanese ones. I can't remember what it's called. But basically, okay. yeah, it comes with like rice and it's t- quite tomato based as well. Yeah. Kashkuri. Kashkuri? Is that a name? Oh, yeah. Lamb Kashkuri or something like that. That was nice. Lebanese one. Although I've not had that for a long time. That was not a good question. What are you talking about? It was an amazing question. It made you think harder than you've thought the, this whole season. It all depends on mood. You ask me that tomorrow, I'll have a different, I'll have a different answer. Yeah. All right, then. Madge, nice thanks so much. Thanks so much for season two. Wait, wait, wait. Before, for, we, um, before we close off, we kind of got to tell people what our plans are for season three. Well, I still want to thank you, though, for season two. Yeah, well, you remembered to thank me for season two. Well, let's finish it off properly, right? <laughs> Um, so for season three, we're going to kind of change our format. We haven't yet decided how we're going to change our format. But one of the problems that we have with season one and two is obviously we didn't know that we were going to go this long and go this far with the episode. But we, me and Joe, we still want to carry on because even though like we don't really, we don't like do it for the likes and the listens, 
uh, although that would be helpful, but we don't really push it hard enough for that to happen. But I think for me and Joe, like, especially like when, when I noticed the day after or the day before that week, we, we tend to carry on those conversations and we kind of see, look for it in our lives. So I think these conversations really help us grow as people and we kind of learn from the conversations, which is why we want to carry on the episode. But the problem with the episodes that we are doing now is, is very much based on the guests. And I think the guests bring a lot more, but the pro the main problem is that we've realized that Joe has zero friends and I we've used up nearly all of my friends. So we kind of run out of guests. So we need to kind of change the <laughs> format. Um, so in season three, what we're going to do is we're going to do it more like debatable sort of questions. And then Joe can get his geek on and start doing some research and bring the stats in there. And I, I, I might also have to get involved. But then what that also means is that we can get, we won't have a problem with guests. Um, and then Joe doesn't have a pressure of trying to make up some friends uh, to bring them on. So we will start thinking, uh, we're definitely going to get Christmas and New Year out of the way. And then we'll start having a conversation and trying to get some episodes out. Um, but we're look, looking mainly maybe towards the end of Jan or maybe after the Chinese New Year, because that's like naturally a good break. So you want to add anything to that, Joe? Um, uh, you're spot on, Madge. I have zero friends. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that, maybe I'm glad I just have zero. Maybe that. Maybe I just have zero interest in friends. But no, I, I going on from what you said, I, I'm really looking forward to um, to kind of just opening up the conversation a little bit because you know we're aware that sometimes we we go into like interview mode rather than discussion. So it'd be really cool to kind of bring our views and discussions and, and just kind of throw some, some things out there. So, yeah, now I'm looking forward to season yeah, three, match. Kind of one thing as well, if people got this far in the episode, is that um, if there are any questions or ideas um, that you think would be good debatable topics or topics that we could dis discuss, then either send us a message or, or you could be a first person to send us an email we still don't have any emails sent to that email address ourselves <laughs> we still advertise it um but like I've, I've got like a couple of friends who have already messaged me with their with their ideas and uh although we're not experts on it but we will do our best to try bringing different perspectives and views um or sure. try to find the right person to answer those questions but For yeah sure. joe thanks a lot man this is the time we say goodbye season two done enjoy your holiday big man Thanks so much. See All you right, soon. Man. See you in a bit. Bye. Right. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Share it with someone if you think they might enjoy it or if they might learn something new. If you have any comments or would like to join us on an episode, email us at youchattoomuch at gmail.com.